So I want to talk to you uh, about finance. I'm going to talk about money. Um, I'm going to give you five uh, points. I think you got in your bulletin. There's five things you should do related to your finances. Uh, the devil hates it when you take notes. So take out your pen. Take out your pencil. Ladies, use your mascara if you have to. All right? But the devil hates it when you take notes. So we want you to take some notes. There's, there's, uh, so I want to read you a scripture real quick. Uh, Jesus is talking. It's Luke chapter 14. Jesus is talking to his disciples. All right? And he's talking to his disciples about discipleship. He's talking to them about, listen, there's a big crowd. Everybody wants to be down with me, but there's a cost. Salvation is free. Discipleship will cost you everything. Everything. And so he's talking about discipleship here in Luke 14, but he he comes across a particular verse. This is verse 28 through 30. And here's what he says, all right? You will, and, I, and in this church, we stand for the reading of God's word. So we're going to stand one time for the reading of God's word. Won't you stand with us? And we're going to read these three verses. And I'll read it to you. You follow along, amen? Luke 14, 28 through 30 says this. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. Saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. You may be seated. May God bless the reading of his word. Jesus is talking about discipleship. He's talking about the cost. And he says very simply that we should sit down before we build the tower, before sit down and estimate the cost, see if we can complete it. Because if not, the people that are watching us are going to ridicule you. They're going to mock us. Um, I remember when I bought my car, um, I think Pastor Edwin told me, you probably shouldn't put a fish on the back of your car the way you drive. You know what I mean? But that's what I'm not. I'm, he said, you probably want to wait a while. Before you put a fish on that baby, because we don't want we don't want you giving us a bad name, right. amen. And, and, and you know, some how many know sometimes the last thing to get set free is the left foot, amen. Sometimes, amen. So, so anyway, um, he's saying we don't want people ridiculing. That's why I'm not a, I'm not specifically against tattoos. Um, if you don't got no tattoos, I don't think you should have one. But there's people that want to put scriptures on their bodies and they want to put tattoos on their necks. And I think Danny's here. Danny, hello. Right. And, we, and we ask people, before you put any scripture, before you wear the religious t-shirt, before you put on the Christian t-shirt, before you buy the Ahau shirt, make sure you're willing to live like someone who's worthy of that shirt or worthy of that scripture. Or worth, we don't want you. So he, that's why he's saying, he says, listen, I don't want you to think that you can just follow me and act like you're a Christian and then live like you're from the world because they're going to mock us. They're going to ridicule us. And he's saying, I want you to estimate before you put on that shirt. Before. So in this particular case, the first point, very quickly, is we, if you want to be blessed financially, if you want to be financially set free, you got to get on a budget. You want to get a budget. You want to write a budget. You want to establish a plan. Get a budget. Sit down and estimate, he says. Sit down and estimate. Now, I got a couple of gangster quotes for you, right? I never saw such, 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 such tough talk in finances before. But I'm going to read to you some, some quotes, all right? Um, but the first thing that you want to do, how many people are married here? If you're married, raise your hand if you're married. Amen. If you're married, you want to sit down with your wife or your husband, and you definitely want to put everything down on paper, all your expenses, write it down on, on paper. On, I know we got apps. Listen to me. Write it down on paper, on, person, on purpose. Every dollar, let it have a mission. Every dollar, let it have a name. 
Now, people are afraid to, this is a recovery house of worship. How many people here are not scared to say you're in recovery? If you're in recovery, raise your hand. Okay, writing is a very powerful tool. Because once you write it, it's hard to deny it. Once it's on paper, it's hard to, to you know, let it act like it. No, write it down, own it, accept it, put it on paper, on purpose. We want you to estimate the cost, write a budget. Um, I, I was, it was funny because when Pastor Edwin first introduced this process to us, right, uh, a church that doesn't know, I think Zig Ziglar said this, a church that doesn't have any target will hit it every time. We heard that at the leadership summit. Right? So, so you want to be able to, to have a target, have a plan, have a strategy. John Maxwell said a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Come on, somebody. Come on. I got paid yesterday. You feel like the old days. I just got paid yesterday. What happened? Write up, put a budget together on paper. This church has a budget. We just came up with a budget for one church plan. Three-year three church plan budget, $600,000. One church plant, three years, the first three years, right, the hardest. If, we, if, we, if they make it past the first three years, we'll give them more. Amen. But, but the first, so you want to have a budget. You want to write it down. Someone said this, uh, very powerful what someone said. I'll give it to you. I've never seen such financial tough talk before, all right? But someone said this, all right? Don't tell me what you value. Right? Don't tell me. Let me see your budget, and I'll tell you what you value. And if you don't got a budget, you, you don't value what you think you value. Right? So someone said, don't tell me what you value. Let me see your budget, and I'll tell you where you... Everybody knows that depending where, you, where your calendar and your checkbook will show you what's the most important thing in your life. Where you spend your money and where you spend your time tells everybody, I don't care. I love my family. I die for my family. Well, according to here, you don't spend very much time with your family. There's some type of hypocrisy happening here. There's a lack of integrity. Oh, I love the church. I love Jesus. I love missions. I love, the, well, according to your budget, you're not giving much to the work of the Lord. Are you with me? Hello, somebody. I, I'm not, I don't got to deal with you guys for the next couple of weeks. I'm good. I'm leaving after this. I'm going to the Bronx. Amen. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, a lot of people talk tough. We say in jail, don't sing it, bring it. Right? It's easy to talk. Oh, yeah, I love my family. So, show me your budget. I'll tell you what you value. All right? Um, so the first one is write your budget. Now, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be going through every one of these extensively. Pastor will be taking on a journey. How do you put a budget together? There's an envelope process that's very powerful. Pastor Edwin has practiced. He had he experience. It's funny because we all, we all started. Some things I'm going to tell you, we made fun of Pastor Edwin. Right? I ain't got no cash. He said, I don't got no cash. Everybody used to whisper, why you never got no money? Now they whisper, he's the only one with a house now. <laughs> he's the only one. Well, now we know why he ain't never had no cash on him. He owns a, a, a three-family house now. He's, he's, he's a homeowner. We're still paying somebody else's mortgage. That's why he ain't had no cash on him. Right? He so, all right, check it out. So you want to write a budget. Um, tell your money what to do. Jesus said you want to sit down and estimate. Write a budget. Um, don't be afraid of writing. Some people are afraid of writing it. Don't be afraid. Listen, whatever you're going to reveal, you need to, you need to learn. If you're spending too much money, you know, I'm going to talk about my sneakers in a minute. All right? I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to, I like to be transparent. I think Pastor, Pastor Edwin, when I walked in, said, oh, he goes, you look really good. You're ready to preach. I can see your shirt on, your jeans on, oh, and your sneakers, you know. I was like, yeah, I got nice socks, like Nike socks, you know. But, uh, but you want to put a budget together. You want to have a plan, a strategy. Listen to me. We're going to talk about this more extensively. The smart people have a problem with this. The smarter the person, the dumber they are with their money. I'm just, I'm just saying, if you don't have a budget, if you can't write it down on paper, there's something wrong. 
It's a flag, something, a flag. Something ain't right. Put it together. Whatever it might be. Uh, uh, I, in my budget, I'll give you a couple examples. I got money uh, set aside for, for the basket when I go to meetings. I have money set aside, which I talk about, for buying people uh, uh, meals when I go out to eat. I got a real simple evangelistic plan. I find good, a good place where they got good food. I take people to eat. I buy them their food, and I share the gospel with them. Real simple. So I got money, obviously, to eat. I got money set aside to eat. And so... But, but I, I, got, I got money for sneakers. I got money for my wife's nails. I got money for my, I got, I, I got money. For, I got, it's written down. It's on a budget. I got money for tithes, for mission stuff. I, on, so you're with me. All right. So you want to have a, get a budget, have a plan. The second step is get out of debt. Get out of debt. Somebody say get out of debt. All right. So when you don't have debt, you know what you got? Money. Money. Pastor, again, Pastor is a good example. He went through this. He went through this. When, you, when, you don't have, when you don't got debt, you know, someone, it says in the Bible, you're going to, you know, that in Proverbs, you are, the, the, the borrower is lender to the slave. So, I'm sorry, yes. Yeah, the, the borrower, the, 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 the lender is, the borrower, right, the guy who borrows is slave to the lender. Amen? He's slave to the lender. And, and you know what a slave is? Someone who's absolutely, totally dominated by someone else. And so, you, listen, I know in, in, they say you got to have good credit here. You can't do nothing without credit. I, I, I'll tell you what, the Bible never says debt is good. I think cash is better. And we'll talk about that. I think when you got cash in hand, you, it's like you got your boys with you. You can, you can puff out your chest a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, I got, I got cash, straight cash. We're going to drop the price a little bit here. We're going to negotiate on my terms here. And, and so, so get out of debt. And, and there's a whole process to get out of debt. If, if, you, if you want to be financially free, we want to bless you. We'll take you on a journey. Very powerful. When you don't have debt, you got money. All right? I, very, very simple. I'll give you another, another uh, tough talk. Uh, another tough, uh, this guy is a, a gangster here. All right? Debt many times is people sacrificing their future needs for their present day childish desires. Debt is many times sacrificing your future needs for your childish desires. To, the, to the, your present day's childish desires. And so someone said it's better to go to bed hungry than to wake up in debt. Right? That's gangster right there. Like, uh, guy, fat guys like me don't like the quotes like that. Amen? But you, you want to be able to check it out. Debt is not your friend. People talk about, oh, leverage. I, I learned leverage. Le- Listen, cash is always better than debt. All right, cash in hand is, you know, all right. So, and Pastor, I'm going to take you on a journey. Third step, this is a little bit of a tough one. Build quality relationships. Build quality relationships. I remember going up to, to Edwin, who's going through this process. I said, yo, Edwin, we need money. We're going to go. I want to take these four guys on a retreat. He says, I'll pay for one. I said, but we got four. He said, I'll pay for one. And, and he began having boundaries. Somebody say boundaries. boundaries. He began having boundaries. And I didn't understand it. When you have a cousin or a brother or sister who's all messed up and hooked on drugs, if you don't have the right boundaries, you're going to be messed up even though you're not hooked on drugs. Listen to me. I'm trying to, if you have a cousin or uncle that went all out for you in jail, he was, he was your ride or die on the street. You guys did stick-ups, you know, master. We did stick-ups together. We did different things. I had to cut CeeLo loose. I said, yo, see, I can't give you, I can't, I can't. If I support your addiction, I'm going to go bankrupt. I'm going to lose my family. I can't pay my rent. You got to cut, you got to cut the ties on dysfunctional relationships. And so it's important that I, 
100 percent of the time, someone who's a, who's caught up in addiction. Now we know about drugs, addiction to we know addiction to drugs, alcohol, but a lot of people are addicted to pornography right now. A lot of people are addicted to gambling right now. They, they, they're coming up. They're gambling scratch cards. You might have a scratch card here. I'm not talking about you. I didn't know you were going to be here. All right? <laughs> but but any time someone's caught up with addiction, 100% of the time, unless, unless God sets them free and they experience the deliverance that comes from Jesus Christ, their addiction will lead them broke. How many know? How many been there? Come on, somebody. How many recover out of worship? And so now, now, how many times people get free, God sets them free, and they let someone else's dysfunction make them miserable? We got to have good biblical boundaries. Amen. Um, I had to do that in my life, and it was rough. It's not easy. But I, I needed to be free. I needed to be ready so that when my family was ready, I could be, I could be an example to them. Nice. So just dysfunctional. Check this out. Quality relationships, right? How many people are parents here? Parents. How many people now... Put your hands up. How many people love your kids? Raise your hand. Not, okay. All right. I, I met some parents that don't look like they love their kids. I just want to ask. Okay. So check it out. If you're, if you're a parent, you love your child, right? Think about this. And, and, and Cindy, from your, from your daughter, from down the block, she's smoking weed. And you know Cindy smoked. You, you came, you saw her one day smoking weed. You don't want your daughter hanging out with Cindy because you don't want your daughter to be a weed head like Cindy, Right? If you got a son and you know that, that this kid that he's hanging around with, he's, he just, you could tell you, you got this, the parental discernment and that he's down with a gang. You know, the colors he's wearing, his swag. You can just say, yo, something about this kid. You're not going to let your son hang out with that kid because you, you don't want your son to be a gang member, right? The Bible says that, that, that bad company corrupts good character, right? So now, so parents, how about you? How about the people you hang around with? How about the people you expose your to? I, I, I just learned this recently that most books that people read and most movies people watch, they're, they're, they're influenced by the people they hang around with. Who are you hanging around with? Your mind, your attitude, your mouth will be influenced by the people you hang around with. Who are you hanging around with? So, so, so one, to be financially blessed, to be financially free, you're going to need Quality relationships. Not, not only in that aspect, right? like I said, Jesus said, and, and the Bible is real clear, that, that bad company corrupts good character. That's very clear, right? We say in the hood, birds of a feather. Come on, somebody, right? So, so I, I'm trying to say that we need quality. I, me and Ezra needed to go to the Global Leadership Summit. Come on, somebody needs to get this. You, so we needed to expose ourselves to more mature people, to more experienced people, to people who are not necessarily like us, but had acquired successfully some things that we're trying to succeed at. And $100, you know, $100, you can't get a pair of sneakers no more now, you know, not, at least not my kids where they shop at. You know what I'm saying? Uh, these kids are off the hook. You know what I mean? I want to be like my father and make believe I used to wear a, a, a newspaper in my shoes. You know what I'm saying? Ever had that talk with your father? I had newspapers in my... That's not my story. I had a codependent mother. Amen? I had pumas on my feet. You know, anyway. So, my, my point is that you want to have relationships with people that, that are further down the road. You know, I, I remember I, Vicky. I hang out with Vicky. Right? Vicky's a professional woman. Successful what she does. I, I know what I know. I want to know what she knows. Right? I hang around Pastor Mara. I hang around other people, other pastors. I got Pastor Mark Marshak. I hang out with Pastor Ed. I want to know. I, I want to be exposed to people that can give me. I just don't want to be give. You give and give and give. You end up broke. That's on any level. 
So I need to put myself in a place where I got a quality relationship, where I'm getting, where I'm getting something. Are you with me? So, so you want to you be able to find a Barnabas if you're a Paul. If you're Timothy, you need a Paul. If you're Joshua, you need a Moses. Are you with me? And if you're lost, you need Jesus. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. So, so we want to have some quality relationships. Uh, very important. For, you know, First Kids of 1533, I told you, bad company. The, the fourth one is you want to save. Somebody say save. I know there's a curse. Save. And invest. Now, I, when I was thinking about it, I said, yo, who in, I don't know. Nobody invests, really. I, I was talking to my niece yesterday about investing. You know, about who in, like, invests? We're scared. I'm putting, my, we invest under the mattress. It don't grow under the mattress. Amen? It don't grow. You know, and so save and invest. Check it out. Proverbs 21.20 says this. It's in your handout. The wise have wealth. Fools spend whatever they get. Listen, I didn't know that I was a fool. I was living paycheck to paycheck. I was tithing and giving my offering, but I was at the end of the at the end of that weekend. I was the, I had zero. The Bible says in, in Proverbs twenty one that the guy who lives paycheck to paycheck and is left on zero and doesn't save, he's a fool. So I was like, God, but I'm tithing, I'm giving money to the missions, I'm sending money to Africa, I'm doing this. Why are you calling me a fool? Because you're not saving no money. I, there's over 2,500 scriptures in the Bible that talk about finances, how to look at it, what it is, your, your attitude on it, how to spend it. And you're not, you're not doing it my way. And how many know, when you don't do things God's way, you end up shipwrecked. You might look sexy for six months or six years, but at the end of the road, you're shipwrecked. God's way is the only way. The Bible says that you should, then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Now, before you get to this truth, you got to figure out what lie is keeping you in bondage. Come on, somebody. I know people, I, they see me, I come from the bottom. I really started from the bottom, now we're here. Right? Uh, God had to scrape the bottom of the barrel. You know what happens when you're able, Edwin owns a home. Edwin is, 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 is leading a movement. Church planting movement. As soon as it's impacting pastors all over the world. You know what happens when you're successful? You know what happens when you clean 25 years? You know what happens when you're, the, when you're the first homeowner in your family? People start saying, how'd you do that? Yo, how'd you do that? And when you tell them, when they ask you, you got, boom, gospel-centered, Christ-powered message. Listen, first of all, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ. And because I'm Puerto Rican, I have some beans and rice. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying. But Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ, right? And, and so, so uh, listen, saving money, there, there's a system. I'm going to tell you about it, right? 10, 10, 80, if you like that system, you, you got it. At least, listen, even I don't like the tithing people, tithing or this. So, listen, if you don't give money to God, you got a heart problem. It's not a, I don't care, 10%, 15%, 9%. If, if you're struggling with giving money to God, you don't understand what's been done for you. Not that. I'm not saying give because you got to give. No, brother, if you don't want to give, don't give. You're going to reap what you sow. Amen. Don't give. Don't give. You don't want to. God is going to build this church with or without us. With or without you. With or without your $20. With or without your $2,000. Whatever it is, God is going to build this church. Drug addicts are going to get saved. They're going to get clean. Prostitutes are going to get off the street. Gang members are going to set free. And cops are going to go back into prison to carry the message, not to be in prison. If you give or don't give, you're the one that loses out. Are you with me? And, and, and so, so we got 10 10. I give to the Lord. First and foremost, I give to the Lord. I give before everything. God is on top. First, give. you want to be successful? I preached this sermon a long time ago. Put God first in whatever area you want to be successful in. So I give God. I, I know, listen, Pastor talked about it. He gave his life. 
Right? How much does he love us? He stretched his arm out and said this much and died on the cross for us. That's how much he loves us. Right? If you have a giving contest, you'll never be able to outgive God. Are you with me? So, so you got to save. You want to you save? Save your money. Save some money. Save some money. Now, check it out. My, my niece, Liana, wave at me. Right? My, that's my niece, Liana. I didn't know she was going to be here today. She's supposed to be in New Jersey. She's here. Praise the Lord. That's great. My niece is here. She can talk to you about saving and investing. All right? She sat down yesterday and gave me a, a quick course. Because I was proud. I said, which, I know what I know. What do you know? Right? I'm not scared to ask. I'm not like one of these guys that lost for half an hour. I say, don't want to ask for help. No, Bobby, where, where is the sushi spot? You know what I mean? I'm hungry. I need, where is it at? I don't want to, but I don't, I don't know where I'm at. Can you, you know where the sushi spot is at? My ways is messed up. All right. So, so, so anyway, so you can see Sindiana about, about but I, I heard that the Jay Ramsey talked about, how many people are under 30? Anybody here under 30? Raise your hand if you're under 30. Under 30. Wait, don't lie. You're in church. Under 30. My God. You need deliverance in this house. How does that have an altar call? Amen. All right, but check it out. If you're under 30, here's what financial uh, uh, expert, experts say. That if you save $100 a month in a regular Roth IRA, regular, averaging 12%, from 30 to 70, right, you retire a millionaire. I don't know, you didn't hear me, you're sleeping. Listen, wake up for this one. Hallelujah, wake up. If you put $100 a month away in a regular Roth IRA, regular 12% address, from 30 to 70, you retire a millionaire. $1,176,000 you retire with. Now, I don't know how I got that, praise the Lord, but it's something close to that, all right? All right, $1,100,076, something like that. You, if you put, how much is $100 a month? Coffee? Starbucks every day, somebody? Hello? How much is, how, how much is it going to cost you? Is it lunch? Once a, once, can you fast for lunch, or can you prepare lunch at home? Hello, somebody? So that you can retire and not have to worry about Social Security and Medicaid and Medicare and who this provider is and you got to pay for this medicine and $100 a month. If you're young, you better wake up right now. $100 a month. If you put it away in, 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 a, in, a, in an IRA, a, a rough, simple, you, you retire a millionaire. And so now, now you don't got to wait till you, you might be a little bit older than that, like Pastor Edwin. And you, you know... You might have to, you know, you can talk to Siniana. She said that older people, they're not as, as enthusiastic. They're not as, there's a word she used. They're not as enthusiastic or, or but when you get older, they're more preserved. You, you look a little bit preserved. You can see her. She can help you, Pastor Edwin. All right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not, listen, thank God you're alive. I give glory to Jesus Christ that you're still around. Praise the Lord. The devil tried to carry him time ago. You can get up and testify. Hallelujah. Praise All right. I got to get out of here. Check it out. You, you want to save for three things. I wish I was as creative as one of, I wish I had an umbrella. You want to save for what? Right? You want to save for, you want to save cash. You want to save cash. You want to save for a rainy day. Amen. You want to save for a rainy day. Things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. Stuff is going to happen. You know, you want to save for a rainy day. All right? The other thing you want to save for is in your notes. You want to save up and pay cash. Pay cash when you can. Pay cash. When you save up and pay cash for it, it shows you how to plan and a strategy. That is not an impulsive buy, that you prepared your way. Save up and pay cash. You know what happens when you pay cash for something? You own it. You own it. You know, you know, I, you know how many times people are pay for stuff, and by the time they finish paying for it, they hate what they paid for? 
Huh? Come on. So if you save up and pay cash, it shows that you're, that you're not a fool. You're smart. You're on point. You're working with the power of the Holy Spirit. You have a plan, a strategy. You pay cash. You pay less. You walk away. You own it. Nobody calls you. I remember somebody said, you know, if you think that nobody loves you, miss a couple of car payments. They'll start calling you. <laughs> right? I don't want people to call me for car payments. Amen? So, but, so you want to pay up and pay, you want to save up and pay cash for, so you can own it? And then you want to serve for long term. Long, somebody say long term investments. Amen. Long term, which we just talked about. Long term investments. Praise the Lord. All right. I'm going to get out your way in a couple of minutes. All right. The last one is you want to give generously. You want to give generously. Amen. Somebody say generously. generously. Uh, I, I, it's, it's important that you understand um, some things. Um, you got to grow as you grow. There might be somebody here who you might be a Christian for a month, right? And you're just, you're just a baby Christian. Now, nobody wants to be called a baby. I understand. You're just not mature in your walk yet. You know what I mean? And you got to grow in understanding and grow in wisdom. And as you come to church as every Sunday, don't be, listen, every Sunday. As you come to church every Sunday, it's like going to the gym. Don't miss a Sunday service. You're going to miss something that can change and transform your life. How many know you don't want to miss your breakthrough? I've been broke down for all these years. I can't afford to miss a breakthrough. Hello, somebody. Right? And, and so, come, as you come to church every Sunday, God will grow you and God will mature you. And you'll understand that, you know, I'll give you an example, right? When, when, when we talk about money, when we talk about money, right? And, and I, I wish I had an honest man or honest woman here. When we talk about money, how many, does the devil tell you, oh, all they talk about is money? Right? Anybody think like that? All the churches talk about, right? And let me tell you what you don't think about. You don't never say, all the more wants is my money. You never say that to yourself. You never, you never say all the more wants is my money. You never say, you know, all Nike wants is my money. Huh? Come on, somebody. I don't know what your favorite restaurant is, but you never say, you know, all, the Isla, all La Isla Bonita wants is my money. No, you don't think like that when it comes to, but the devil will play you and have you hustling backwards on a financial tip, but all the church wants is my money. No, we have a vision. This is the recovery house of worship. We have a vision to reach drug addicts who are in recovery, drug addicts who are using their families and their friends. Sometimes, many times, the families are more twisted than the drug addicts themselves. And, and it's not because the drug addicts, it's, it's the addiction of the drug addicts has put the family into so much turmoil, they don't know left from right no more. And, and so, so we, we have to minister to people who've been affected by addiction. And then listen, it's hard to find somebody who hasn't been affected by addiction if they're honest with you. All right? And, and so, so we're here to reach it. Now, like I said, it costs $600,000 for three years to start one of these things. For three years, $600,000 to start one of these churches where, 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 where people can experience what you've experienced in the Bronx, in California, in Minnesota, in Texas, in England, you know, in other places. And so we want to be able to give. Now, when you give generously, now, now listen, the Deck of millionaires, right, is $10 million or more. I don't want to get into it, but there was a guy who wrote a book about millionaires. He did a, he did a study about deck of millionaires, and, and here's what he, he learned, that all financially successful people, regardless of faith or not, are generous. They, they, they learned something that I learned when I first, and I heard this, somebody just said, I heard this when, when I got it. You can't keep it unless you give it away. 
There's a scripture in the Bible. I'll let Pastor other mess with you about it. But it says God will give you more if you're a giver. If you're a good manager, God will give you more. Not so you can buy this and that and you can compete with the world. But God will give you more so you can give more. God, God, God will give you more. God will bless you if you're a generous giver. If you understand that it's about the kingdom purpose, you have a kingdom mind. It's about lost people. It's about hurting people. It's not about you no more. When you was in the world, you was caught up in self-centered fear, and it ravaged your life. Now you're a Christian, and you got God-centered faith, and you're living according to the word of God, and you, are you with me? And so we want to be generous givers. Generous givers. People who give generously. And, you know, I, 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 Rick Warren gets a lot of, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people. When you get, when the more you're in the spotlight, the more people can pick at you. So I don't, I don't believe everything Rick Warren believes because I don't know everything he believes. But I sh- I'm sure we disagree on some things. I don't see Rick Warren with a tattoo. All right? So I'm sure we could probably we'll disagree on tattoos, which is cool. Which is cool. I, 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 that's fine. And, and most Christians, we, we disagree on, on, on secondary issues, stuff that's not about salvation, like, like saving money and, and a budget. That's not salvation issues. That's just foolish or wise issues. Right? You want to be a wise builder, you want to be a foolish builder. You want, you want to be the head and not the tail, then you got you to you work with God. He's not going to just zap you and you, you, that's your part that you got to play. And so we got to give generously. Now, first and foremost, you want to give generously. If this is your church... I don't know who are the members of Recovery Worship Brooklyn here, but if this is your church, you want to be a generous giver in your church. You want to be a generous giver in your community. You want to, but it starts in the church. Bring the first fruits to God's storehouse. All right? For, I, I get upset when I'm hanging out with somebody and, and, and they haven't given to Recovery House Worship Church Planting Movement and they give to somebody on TV. I'm like, yo, well, Paulie, wait a minute. I tell them, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want, Pastor, I will not say this because he's a wise man, loves people. I'll tell you, how can you give to the other camp when we need in this camp and this is the camp that God sent you in? I'm, the plumbers don't give to the electrician's union. Hello, somebody. I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. I know he's on video. Give to your home church. If this is the church that God saved you in, that God met you at, that God has raised you up in, then there's nothing wrong with asking for a little loyalty. Nothing wrong. You're loyal to your job, you're loyal to your family. Be loyal to the church that God has led you to. And give generously here. We need $600,000 to start a church someplace else. Can you give, first give to your church, can you give to the global vision? Right? We've got a lot of faithful people, but are you faithful to the mission of Recovery House Worship in, in its generality? All right, I've got to get out the way. Give generously, right? When you give generously, it changes your, your, you change your personality. It change, when you're able, listen, when, I don't know how you felt. 358 families, you said? I don't know how you felt about that, but I feel proud that this church fed 358 families on Saturday. I feel, I'm, proud. I'm proud about that. Check it out. I walked in here yesterday, and I heard Pastor Clayton gave a message, and I heard, and I heard that they were praying in a circle. And, and, and you know, I came in here. I'm 358 families. You know, I don't know if you know the reports. I think there was like 26,000 families you guys fed last year. 26,000 families last year. I don't know if you, that's a big deal. Right? Is Thomas here? Is Thomas here? Thomas, is he here? He's not here. Peter here? Peter, Peter, Peter back there, handsome guy. You know, he came here, hanging out, doing his thing at the rehab that, that we have here, faith-based rehab we have here. Right? Thomas is here. Another guy is here. You know, a couple, people, get, people experience deliverance from Jesus Christ up in this camp. And you're able to be a part of that. I, I'm proud of that. You know, I went to California, and I seen, I seen people getting saved. I went to their baptism. They had a girl who was a stripper. 
A girl who had a little baby boy walking around. She said, I was a stripper, but today I'm a Christian. Jesus set me free. I was, I was proud. I'm, I'm not talking about being proud like in the a, in a, in a neck. I'm talking about, man, that, that God is using the worst people you could ever imagine to do some great, extraordinary things. You know what I'm saying? But it costs money. Like, let's be, it costs money. Like, let's be, let's be real. It costs money. How many people have first time guests here? First time guests. Anybody for the first time? No way for, all right, God bless you. We got a gift for you. We got a gift for you. If you meet with Pastor Edwin in the back, he wants to give you a gift. The people that gave paid for that gift so that the first time just can have a gift. So you can say, man, these people cared enough about us. They gave us a gift. Somebody had to go package it and buy it and we give. Well, we want you to, that we understand we're grateful you came and we want you to leave with a gift. And if you keep coming, we'll give you more. If you keep coming. Right? And so, but there's a lot of stuff that happens here. Uh, the, people get fed. Uh, every week, people are fed here. You can talk to George. You can talk to Pastor Pedro. People get, they get fed in, uh, spiritually and fed physically. They get loved on. So much happens. I'm very proud of Recovery House of Worship Church Bloody Movement. Right? I, I believe this is birthed in the heart of God. But we got to be generous givers. And I got five minutes and I got to go. Generous givers. Now, let me tell you the trick about giving. My trick about giving, my personal trick, is called gratitude. Real simple. I'm grateful that my sins have been washed away. Amen. I'm grateful. Yo, I got a gift. I'm not, I got a gift. I spit on people. I start a sentence and won't come back to it. I won't even come back to it. I just say, you know what? Check it out. And they're like, yeah, you know, you got to be a warrior for God. And I'll never go back to that. People are like, what did he say? I think I, you know, I do weddings. I say the wrong thing sometimes. It's true. Pastor Mario can tell you, he's taking notes. He's Twitter. What did he just say? He's a heretic. All right? Wow. But I got a gift. God gave me an anointing, a gift. I, I, it's not my, he gave it to me. It's a gift. He gave it to me. I, I, God allowed me to connect with people. I hated people for a variety of reasons before I became a Christian. God gave me a love for people. I got a gift. You understand? I got a beautiful wife. I got beautiful children. I got one that's really weird. He's, he's the most that's like me. Right? The one that's mostly like his father, he's walking around bugging out. That's, yeah, the pastor's kid is usually the worst. And, all right? Not Edwin's kids. The Rambo's family. All right, man. I, I, I put together a sermon, and I'm reading about give and saving money. And you know the biggest problems that, that I struggle with is I need the new Jordans that are coming out. I, I need them. I, I, listen, I'm going to the prison in Europe, and I need those sneakers so that way when I go to prison, I'm like, yo, he's about this life, right? I'm saying, I'm, gonna, I'm going, in October, I'm going to seven, six prisons in, in Europe, and I need to have those sneakers. I don't need, I, you know, my daughter needs a new Bieber hat. That's a problem. She needs a Bieber hat, right? My wife saw some sneakers yesterday. She needs them. We need nothing. We need nothing. We want. And it's our wants that get us in a world of trouble sometimes. And, and wise people, wise people can, can, can spend time with God and say, God, separate my wants from my needs. Help, help me, God. Are you with me? All right. We're, we're going to go. I want, I want to encourage everyone. Don't, listen, if you're serious about being financially blessed, the next couple of weeks are going to be impactful, life-changing, practical. It might be hurt something. You know, it might hurt your feelings a little bit. But we only, if it hurts, it's because God wants to bless you. There's going to be change in the areas where it hurts at. Um, so we want to write a budget, right? 
We want to write a budget. We want to, we want to uh, get out of debt. You want to have quality relationships. You want to save and invest, and you want to be a give, you want to give generously. If you can do those things, those five, if you learn those five things, and he's going to teach you them in detail, I, I guarantee you that you will come out a winner financially. Amen. You'll be ahead of the game. Amen? Amen. Buy your heads with me. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you right now, and we thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives, God. Father, thank you for all you've gotten us through, God, for all those places you met us at, for all you've done it through us, oh God. Father, we thank you for the people that you're feeding here in this church, that you chose this church to, to just do change people's lives, to impact. We thank you that you're raising up a Holy Ghost hospital here, God, a lighthouse in this community, God. But Father, we want to grow in wisdom. We want to grow in the things that, are, that will glorify you. We want to grow in the mysteries of the gospel. We want to become more and more the men and the women you've called us to be, God. And Father, we want to take back everything the devil has stolen from us, God. So we come against pure home mentalities and victim mentalities and poverty mentalities. And we pray that you raise up investors here, God. Business owners, homeowners, oh God. Father, we don't come with that prosperity gospel, but we come knowing that we're children of a king. And that if we live according to your word, you'll, you'll do miracles, signs, and wonders in our lives, God. We come expecting and believing that what you did for Paul the apostle, you can do for us. What you did for King David, you can do for us. What you did for Ruth and Esther, you can do for us, God. So help us align our hearts and our minds with your word. Help us, God. And we're careful to give you all the glory, God, and all the honor as you bless.